You're listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To learn more about the Collective Church in Portland, Oregon, and Vancouver, Washington, visit us online at thecollectivechurch.com. We have the privilege of having Don Potter with us this morning, and I'm actually just going to get out of the way. There's, he, he did not ask me to read a bio, but I will, t- I will tell you when you get home, just Wikipedia Don Potter, and it's really cool. He's, it's amazing what God's done in his life and who, and who he is, um, but he is a gift to the body of Christ. He came here about five years ago when we were a really young church, and he spoke into the life of our church, and we were never the same. His wife, I actually had the, the most, I told Don yesterday, I had, the, I had the most intense spiritual experience of my life with Christine Potter, with, with Don's wife, who, who passed just this last year, correct? Yeah, we miss her. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Man. Um, she prayed for me, and, and it, for those who know my story, you know that we came out of a life of, of, of sexual brokenness and... Um, God had done so much in redeeming and healing. And she, she heard me speak. I was in Dallas and I, I, I was telling my testimony. She said, she said, I want to pray for you. I just, I got some, got a little business to take care of. Yeah, yeah. And she started praying over me and she started praying over my synapses and my nerve endings and my neural pathways. And my, I was like, no one's prayed for me like this before. I didn't know we, this is legal. <laughs> we can do that. And um, she just said, man, Ben, I'm so sorry. She said, I'm so sorry. It wasn't your fault. This was a plan of the enemy that was implanted generationally years ago to take you out. And, 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 and as she's praying, my insides, I, I feel literal movement in my insides, like God doing a work that only he can do. And so this is the kind of people that Don and Christine are and, and, and how Don operates. So we just honor the, the Jesus inside of you, Don. And we're here to receive. Amen. It's okay, it's okay. service repented so you guys are fine (laughs) did you realize that God doesn't have to hear repentance from every single soul that ever committed a crime he just has to hear someone confess it, admit it and offer it up once he hears it, it's off the table That's a pretty serious God. Would anybody think? That's an amazing God. If you haven't worked up the idea that he's kind, work that up. I am weak, but you are strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong 
Sure. 
Anybody happy to be saved today? Sometimes I have to stop myself and ask that question. You happy to be saved today? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Got any rejoicing? Yeah, maybe I do. Maybe I do. <laughs> How many find it hard to rejoice over what God has done in your life? Sometimes it is hard to rejoice over it, especially when you got a lot of junk happening and or potential junk. We get more worried about potential junk than we do the actual stuff that happens. Anybody notice that? I'm worried about what's not yet here that's in my men, my fantasy and my mind has confused me into thinking it might happen sometime, maybe, I think. We learned that from TV. Sources say this might happen. You know, and if we say this to that nation, this could lead, could, this, this, this could, this might be, this is almost, this is possible. And we've been living like it was true. It's not true at all. Then we got this book that isn't giving me any kind of false leadings. It's absolutely true. Oh, okay. That's good. But we read it as if it were a news report. <laughs> And that it's just something I can put back over here somewhere. That's cool. I got that. I got that. You don't got that. Are you joking? You can spend your lifetime and you haven't got it yet. Am I making sense? Yes. I will make sense before the day is over, so don't, don't worry. I have so many songs that I never play because it's church. And you can't play stuff like that in church. Are you stupid or something? And... How many, um, how many creative people are in here today? Wow, great. That's good. You finally figured it out. Golly, this took some time. <laughs> to admit that you're creative is a great gift from God. I mean, does anybody know that? He's the creator. So what does he do? He made creative people. Uh, and so we can create stuff by pulling the junk out of the air. We can pull stuff out of the air and bring it into this earth. And that's called creating something out of nothing. I, I like that idea. So. so I make up songs all the time and I, I like that. But most of it is based on you. It's what's in your mind, sometimes asleep, but it's in your mind, what's in your mind is what is starting to come. I have my, I'll have a reason for this in a few minutes and God will try to tell me and I'll try to tell you. Um, that what's supposed to happen to a person who's here is to feel, sense, read, and hear what's in your heart. Because what we're doing here is you are coming to make a sacrifice of praise. And that has to be heard all the way up here. Notice this morning you were hearing a lot what was in your heart this morning when you were hearing the worship team. Did you catch catch that? That's when we get to that, oh yeah, man, that's me. Because it is you. It is you. Sometimes we're fortunate enough to be able to pick that song before you get here. Other times it has to wait until you're actually here before you can sing it. When we get like weird and really weird into the depths of where we are today, we're all doing fine here, of course. It's not weird anywhere else, you know. Once we start to do that, the point behind it is so that this whole sacrifice of praise is sent through a conduit to the Father. 
then the father has something he wants to say back and he sings it to you. That's the exchange that's supposed to happen. Is everybody, everybody aware of that already? That's what's starting to happen in the church. Just kind of giving you a forewarning. So it could get clumsy. It could get bumpy. It could be, I don't know what the heck I'm supposed to sing. And I'm up here scared because I think you hate it when people don't sing what they're supposed to sing. Okay. You know what I mean? So we're still fearful of being liked. And so today we're going to work on just not liking anything and get over what that feels like. You see what I mean? Because what has to happen to us, we have to actually eat a piece of that ice cream to go, oh, I like that. And when you're done, you know never to eat that ice cream again. You see what I mean? Because you hated it. You didn't like the taste. So what we do is hide my thoughts Somebody said, this is great ice cream. I took a bite. I heard it. But I didn't tell them, oh, that's pretty cool. So I created two problems. I didn't tell the truth. And I followed it with a lie. Uh, that's us, kids. That's the church. I'm, I'm not badgering the church. Just slamming the crap out of it, that's all. Just trying to... When I first got into uh, got into the church, uh, my grandmother prayed me into the kingdom. I was I was 35 years old, and my grandmother wouldn't stop praying. And God said, "I'm sick of hearing the prayer. Come with me, you little brat." And so that's how I got saved. So if you were praying for somebody, it's it. They're done. <laughs> Might as well pack your stuff. You're going with God, and there's no stopping it. That free will sermon is bogus. That is not a reality. We might as well accept that God hears prayer. Does he not? He said he would. Ask and keep asking and it will come to pass. What if you're asking against someone's will? Too bad. I'm sure you're probably catching hold of this. There's a whole series of things about how many people are here. We have three groups of people on the earth. Uh, the first group is sons of God. I like to think somewhere in there, there's a bunch of those here. The second group is sons of men. That's what the fight is over. And the third group is sons of the devil. Jesus said all this. I didn't make that one up. Uh, he made all those references. So we do have sons of the devil. Isn't that nice to have around? One of their favorite things to do is to constantly waste your time trying to get them saved. And you burn completely out trying to save that with which has no intentions of changing their lives. Are you familiar with that yet? Anybody run into that little program yet? That program is fixing to get really big because it's you can't stop what God is doing in the church, but you can sure wear it out while it's trying to follow the king. And that's the concept of the demonic that's moving on the earth. Now, we just this morning confessed all that and we uh, asked God to forgive us for doing that kind of stupid stuff. And so that's cleared out of the air. So you don't have to sweat that just yet. You get what I'm saying? So we keep thinking we don't, un well, we do, we don't understand the concept of praise and we don't understand any. The, the tool is meant 
for worship, it's meant for praise, it's meant for warfare. Anybody know that? Familiar with that kind of a thing? And, and when, well, why would I want it in warfare? Well, when you are being tormented, anyone ever get tormented? Your thinking process kind of gets squirreled out and it's like, man, you know, I'd like five seconds to stop thinking all this negative so I can even decide whether I want to think about Christ. How about you guys? So, I mean, I will walk around and I talk to myself all the time nowadays. Since I'm old, it's expected of me. You know? <laughs> Oh, and I will often be saying, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, leave me alone, shut up, shut up, shut up. Don't talk to me anymore. Don't talk to me anymore. Okay, Jesus, I love you, Jesus. Shut up back there. <laughs> you see what I mean? So what winds up happening is it becomes this constant badgering. Has anyone been noticing that? So I, if you want to stay silent and not let anybody know you're being badgered, you can walk into the middle of the church being badgered by the darkness and never recognize you have the right to say, shut up, I'm going to get with Jesus. Until eventually you get so tired of being badgered to say, I think I'm just going to stay with Jesus and not bother with all this other crap. Okay. <laughs> I have lost my ability to communicate in the realm of social graces as I've been spending too much time with the Lord alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what happens is because God is bluntly honest all of the time, 24-7. He never plays with you. He's always like, yep, don't do that. Okay. I love that. I love that. I love, you know, so I'll sit with him and he'll sit with me. He said, what's, and when I, oh God, I wish I could explain this and make it make sense out of you, but we'll have a community of people. Listen, sit with God. The neighbor's kids got drunk and they got busted last night. I guess we didn't pray hard enough. <laughs> that truck driver left his truck and his wife behind. I guess we didn't pray enough. But I'm here with you. Everything seems fine when I feel your glory and your presence on my life. All I can imagine is this world's not as bad as the lying ones try to make me feel sad. And can't really tell you what's really going on on that house next door. The door is always closed, but something more and if you're willing to listen to these foolish things I say I will eventually break into full till praise <laughs> God says I like this stuff I like to hear the stories I wrote a whole bunch of them in this book Sometimes I just read the stories back to him and I sing it as if it just happened. And he said, oh, wow, that 
so deep. Yes, oh God, what you say is very deep. <laughs> how wild the master is and I get all stiff and religious then I hear laughter from the heavens within <laughs> knock that junk off says the angel of God just get happy when I say okay and when they dance around the room when I play they knock over stuff and you own it, you know, and they still keep dancing and shouting until the floor begins to shake. I spend way too much time there, and I've finally lost my way. this is about today is that some of you have a personal relationship, seriously personal relationship with the Lord that he wants to upgrade into a communicating relationship. Am I making any sense to you? And what we're doing is we are very busy, you know. I'd love to be with you, Father, but I am very busy in my own mind. And we are doing things for God, not things with God. And so after telling him the story of what's going on in our little community, and he gets all filled in, and then he starts to sing back. He sings a lot. Does anybody know God sings? But inside of his singing, and I won't bore you with the details of this because it's way too strange, but inside of it, because I saw a lot of creative people here, so you can hear weird. Are you okay with hearing weird for a little bit? I won't go too far with you because I... Any, any bones or anything. And um, the Father is singing time code to the earth. Okay, what's time code? Uh, it's about the code that time has. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we're living our lives based on some very interesting um, ideas. I'm, I'm vamping here, excuse me. I have some things I have to say to you, but I'm vamping until I'm forced into saying it. Um, and, and so what's really starting to happen to us is that we are our timelines. We are, each, each of us is a timeline. Your, your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Is that correct? Yeah. It was written in there before the foundations of the world. How the heck did he know you were coming? Uh, because you were there before you were here. Too weird for you? You were there before you were here and you agreed to be this person. And you agreed to look like this and you agreed to be this person. Okay, that's too weird. Thank you. Well, 
your name couldn't be written in the Lamb's book of life without it before the foundations of the earth, without him knowing you before you were here. Um, I, make, I know I'm making sense to you, but I'll try to make this not so hocus pocus where you want to shoot at the stage. But So what we're really facing right now is those timelines are getting maladjusted. Uh, and they the worst, the first thing that knocks us off a timeline is accusation. Isn't that awful? Uh, a lot of things will knock you off, but that's the first one on the list, accusation. Uh, and so I say this, and I'll say this as nice as I can. No, I, I'm not going to be nice. This is, doesn't, doesn't suit me very well. So what's happening to us is the dragon, the devil, is better known as the dragon, my favorite. Uh, one of God's favorite words, this is in the Bible, is called the rotting one. Uh, the rotting one. Hmm, good name. I'd just like to have that for your name. Hi, rotting one. How's it going today? And so we think in terms of different things. At any rate, um, the rotting one decided through his dragonness is to kill the woman, Israel, who was pregnant with the Christ child. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? If you don't know what I'm talking about, raise your hand and then I'll just ignore you for the rest of the time that I'm talking. I'm sorry, I'm really getting rude at this moment. So, um, what's happening is when the Christ child was born, the dragon showed up to drown the woman and the child. Michael, the archangel, says, you know what? This ain't cool. Paraphrasing. Um, slightly. And he gets in a fight with the dragon, and he throws the dragon out of heaven. And his cronies, all the angels, the third of the angels went with him. There's a nice King James way of saying all of this, but I'm just giving you the, the DP version of it. And um, so what happened is Michael was not instructed by anybody to do this because he understood the will of God so clearly. It was no problem for him to say, that is not the will of God. I will knock your head off. That's what happened. Are you hearing me? So what's coming to us finally is, gee, I don't know if that's the will of God. Get the heck over that wimpy little attitude. Do you know the will of God? Do you not know the will of God? Shall we just make it simple? Jesus is Lord. Is that the will of God? Let's go with that one. Okay, I'll go with that. Somebody says he's not the, he is not the son of God. You say, "Um, that's a lie. Thank you very much. Let's stop playing with the one things, the few things that we know are absolutely hard rock, can't change truths. Do you see what I mean? Oh, what about the old virgin birth? The thing, you know, he said it's a virgin birth. It was a virgin birth. Get the heck over yourself for a second. And in scripture, I can prove to you several times on how that is not only did happen, but it was possible to actually happen. Did you know that? It can be proven in scriptures actually possible for the spirit of God to impregnate a person. Scary? Yes. He only did it once, so don't get nuts. Mm -hmm. That's all he needed to do it. Are you okay? So now we got these gang of whoever we are in the heavens, and our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and what do you think is beside that? Your life is written right there, written right on your timeline. Is that too hocus weird for you and all that stuff? Might as well get used to weird because God, imagine one of the four living creatures 
dropping right down here right now. We would go in weird, weird, weird hell. Do you know what I mean? We'd be casting out demons for the next 10 years because that just left the side of the king of the universe. We might want to get, we might want to upgrade our weird meter to not, that's not quite so weird. Because God is God and God will surround himself with what he wants to surround himself with. Am I, am I really getting through to your, to you? So now we all have timelines. Oh yeah, but I don't have anything in my life. I don't have any call from God. How many think you don't have a call from God? Ah, you bunch of chickens. I won't say nothing. Um, um, in most of us, we like to think we have a timeline from God or we have something that's important with which to fulfill. Am I, am I right? Am I right? Uh, and it might be talking with one person in the back room of one nightclub somewhere, someday. Yeah. And when you're done, that's it. Okay. Uh, Bob Jones, you remember Bob Jones, the prophetic guy? He um, used to call me on once, uh, uh, reasonably regular, just to insult me. It was great to talk with him. But, and, but he would say some pretty amazing things when he would call. Uh, and one of them is, use a rooster, God said. And I said, yeah, that's... Sounds right. And um, it's probably the nose. Maybe this is the nose that did that. But then he said, you will crow and the body of Christ will become convicted. Oh, boy. I can't wait to do that. And can you see where the heart of all of these things are? So is that the call I have in life? No, it's to play the guitar and make everybody happy. No, make them like you. Maybe, maybe that's better. Make them like you. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lean over to what makes people like me, not what makes them want to slap me. And so you see where we're going in this. So God will very likely call you into something. Yeah, yeah that's not going to be cool. So maybe I'll alter the call just slightly. And I get off my timeline. Just a little bit there. Because it's easier to be nice and stay liked than it is to tell the truth and run the risk of losing that friend or that person. Yeah, yeah. There's a hundred rules in scripture that we won't be don't we talking about at this moment. The first thing, the first rule is to believe you're not here by accident. I have several scriptures in the Old Testament where God spoke about the Gentiles he would raise up for his name. Okay. That means we were not an afterthought. We were intended all along. We didn't dumb luck our way into salvation. Are you okay with that idea? Yeah. That doesn't make us special, more special than the rest of the world. It just means this was not a dumb luck shot. And if, in fact, that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundation of the earth, and he was on the cross before the foundations of the earth, God knew this was coming. So... Are you okay with that? So occasionally when your timeline gets all screwed up or a little off, he will send someone with a word of knowledge, a prophecy, or a word of wisdom to say, you're off your timeline there, buddy. You get it? And so, but many of us, and this is what's happening here, will, will live about 10 feet to the right of your timeline so you can keep your eye on it and never have to actually commit to it. You see that? 
And so we live over there. It's like, yeah, don't, don't mess with my timeline, but I'm going to keep my eye on it really careful. Then somebody will walk in and take it. This is what we're facing as we speak. Is what's coming to the house of God is those who are timeline takers because they don't want to live on their own timeline. I want to live on yours because yours looks better than mine. And yours is on stage, and that's where I want to be. Is this hurting your feelings? That's what's going on with us now. Um, I've spent my entire life on a stage. Can you believe that? Uh, I used to be on the coffee table. My mother would sick me on the coffee table. Sing to the neighbors! <laughs> yes, ma'am. And... Um, so, and then later in my life, when I decided to make music a life for me, she said, you'll never amount to nothing playing the guitar. So one day, the father decided, I got to straighten your timeline out. You're really screwed up there, buddy. You're really off your timeline. And he said to me, here's what your mother said. And he did this all by himself. I, it didn't take 40 years of counseling and $9 million. It was... Your mother said to you, I love you, and I'm so scared you're going to spend your life playing music and be wounded and hurt, and I just would hate to see you wounded by such a cruel business. Oh, I didn't realize she said that. That's what's going on. We've got to start to recognize the Lord's not trying to correct us to kill us. He's trying to correct you back to your timeline. Why? Because if you're not on yours, so-and-so's off of his. I, am I getting right? Hurting? Hurting anybody's feelings? Yeah. My my favorite person to, timeline adjuster was my wife, um, who could adjust your timeline in just five seconds, and you're like, oh boy, hi, 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 hi. She look at you, boy, you're off. And you know, it's just that kind of a thing that our lives. What is your life like? Uh, you 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 know what I mean. And she would say things that would straighten me out. So I'm plowing through the house one day and she's sitting and reading scriptures like a holy person does. And I'm, I'm very busy because I'm a workaholic. Nobody here like that. I know, I know, don't worry. And uh, so she's reading, hey, listen to this as I'm stomping through the house trying to find something that I misplaced. And... Uh, She's reading Proverbs. Bad, bad book to be reading. Don't, you know, don't read that when people are very busy. Um, she said, listen to this. He who is slothful in his work is kin to a destroyer. That's nice, sweetheart. Thank you. Um, how many times has God spoken to you and you say, that's nice, thank you very much. I, I wrote that down even. I have a note for that scripture. And someday in 98 years, I will look it back up and remember what I missed in my life. So I, you know, I'm still stomping around and of course God won't let me off the hook. So I got to go home now and study. Uh, I got to study the word. So I go back and I start studying. Turns out slothful doesn't mean lazy. It means quitting from an offense. He who quits his timeline from an offense is kin to a destroyer. I said, oh, 
Ouch. Ouch. That just was on the heels of me being involved with a ministry that wounded more people than it ever helped, said, says Don. Um, but then why did God put me there? Hmm. Good question. Why would you need to be there? Hmm. Hmm. Maybe I need to be insulted for a little while to be sure I feel the way I'm supposed to be feeling about offenses and so on and so forth. Are you hearing where this is going? And so I, I went through a lot of changes and I got out of there. And by the time I got out of there, I had plenty of ammunition to shoot someone through the accusation bullet. And, um, and it was all true. That's the hard part. It's all true. That was true. There you have it. So I have a right to be a jerk. It's a funny thing. I got a little picture of it one day. It's like I bought this little strip of two by four about that far. And every time I think about that person wounding me and hurting me, I just whacked myself right in the forehead with that two by four. Whoa, golly, that hurts. Because the only person you're hurting with that offense is yourself. You are not hurting the person you are complaining against, and they are absolutely guilty. And you, you deserve to say, you scumbag, you said this, you did that, you whatever you did, and it was true. Take another whack with that two by four, because that's as far as you're going to go, is just walk around with a swollen head. I did that. I know what I'm talking about. So, all this to say, accusation is going to begin to fly in a really stunning way. And, but the end of that scripture that says, well, if, you quit, if you quit your post is the meaning of the word. If you quit your post due to an offense, kin to a destroyer means you left a hole in the wall and the enemy came in the hole and flanked your city and killed everyone in the city because you are not where you belong. Anybody? Anybody ever been offended by the church or anything like that? Oh, praise God, you went to church. That's great. <laughs> it is so important to recognize that God did that on purpose. And every time I'm offended, I go to that place, oh God, I needed that, didn't I? You see what I mean? There's something about what's happening to us that we're not trying to get offense-free. And it's not trying to tell you that you, you can't get offended. He's trying to tell you how to not let it kill you and everyone you're accusing. Because the offense is not an accusation. It's an offense. You can get over an offense. You can't get over an accusation because it kicks in both directions. Am I, are you okay with that, all that stuff? So, I'd love to say you're not ever going to be offended again, but you will be. And that's going to be happening on a number of occasions. And so we're facing choices right now that I don't think any of us really like to face. Is learning how to love. Bob Jones, another Bob Jones story, died sometime earlier in his life, um, he was prophesying against abortion and homosexuality. And the devil visits him one night in his bedroom. He said, you can prophesy anything you want to. If you keep doing that, I will kill you. Bob, in Bob style, 
well, you're going to have to just do it because I'm not stopping. Um, and the devil did. Uh, he gave him a blood disorder that turns your blood into kind of rock. And it comes up your legs. And by the time it gets to your heart, you're dead. Because there's nothing anybody can do about it. Some weird, weird, weird thing. So he's there. He is in the hospital. He dies. So he dies. And he, he goes to heaven. I'm quoting Bob's story, which he has been very generous to share several times. And, and he's got a white robe on, but he's too scared to look at it because he wanted to be sure it wasn't all marked up with Golden Corral juice now that he got from the... You don't have the Golden Corral out here? <laughs> That's his favorite steakhouse, but... In heaven with golden corral sauce on your shirt. Thank you. <laughs> so he's standing there and he's looking ahead. He's seeing people. He's in a line. And so I thought, wow, we're never going to get over being in line. And <laughs> so he's hearing this little question as people are walking into Jesus. They don't enter heaven. They walk into Jesus. Uh, and he, they are the question, have you learned to love yet? And there's a whole bunch of angels around and they're, you know, talking and pointing and laughing and dancing. And it's a, it's a he said, it's quite the sight. Um, and this woman stood in front of the, and said, no, I hadn't learned to love. And, the, and all the angels hung their heads and they were so sad. And she entered the Lord, but without joy. Mm, that's too expensive. That's way too expensive. And so the next person was this very large black lady. And they asked her, did you learn to love? She said, yes, I did. And they went nuts. All of heaven went nuts. They just started dancing and praising and shouting and this man. And she walked in there, man, watching everything just absolutely disappear around her as the joy of the Lord was deeply in her life. Bob was going, wow, because he knew he had not learned to love yet. So question tough to answer. Over to the left, he kept seeing people going down what looked like escalators, just a, just a whole long line of them going down and disappearing. And he said, I'm not looking over there. And they said, but I could feel the Holy Spirit moving towards him. And he said, oh, I'm not looking over there either, because I don't want to hear you're going back, if you know what I mean. And so he gets the Holy Spirit comes right up to him and says to him, I am going to send you back. Bob said, what's this, what's this going on over there? And he said, that is what's happening to the choices that are being made on the earth right now. They're on an escalator to hell. Now, this is too deep, isn't it? You guys okay? Is this too squirrely for all you guys? These are things God is, is happy to reveal to you, by the way, if you want to spend the time it takes to hang around with him. He will show you secrets that you couldn't possibly imagine. Why is the why is the mystery, why is the kingdom a mystery if I could understand it without him explaining it? It'll remain a mystery until he starts to, you know what that means, don't you? He loves to say that. And you know what that means, don't you? And I'm saying, no. And he says, here's what it is. And then it takes me months 
to choke down what he said. And then he shows it in scripture over and over and over again to say, I didn't make something up. This is right in front of you. You just never saw it. I have hundreds of things that I never saw before that he showed. Why would he show it to a musician? Hmm. Yeah, that was an oversight, I think, from God. I mean, he must have forgotten that I was a musician. You see what I mean? We keep thinking, why would he do that? Why did he talk to David? I think he liked him. I think he likes me. He has to love us. He swore he would. But he doesn't have to like you. That's something that costs to come to a place of God liking you. Okay? Bob comes back. He's in a lot of pain. Angel told him, you can, you got to go back and you got to um, prophesy and I will show you the beginnings of a billion soul harvest. Hmm. Wow. So a lot of things would happen with Bob and I, and I, and I, you know, whatever. Um, when my sweetheart passed, uh, someone came to me and said, I just dreamed I saw Christine entering heaven and Bob was standing there waiting for her to greet her. And guess who just greeted Benny Johnson? Christine and Bob. <laughs> A little gang is starting in heaven of intercessors. Do you see what I'm saying? It's starting this intercession is beginning to connect here and there. Because you came from there, they're there, you're going back there, all of this stuff. You get what's going on in here? We go, oh, the world, the world was, hey, get over the world for a second. It's about that and this. That and this. There we are. We have that and we have this. And they are plugged in together. And they are shouting off the edge, come on, come on, come on, you can do this. Come on, you can do this. Hang in there, hang in there, don't fall down. Are you hearing that? That's called encouragement from on high. I hear it almost every night. Hmm. Come on. I am very busy, you know. I'd like to uh, do everything God says, but I have these few things that I think I need to do and make myself look real good, knowing that I can't take one ounce of it with me when I go. But that doesn't matter. I'm still going to bust my hump to make it happen, you know. Is that rough language too rough? Sorry. The Lord is, says to me very clearly, I said, what would you like to hear, my master? He said, none of the crowd-pleasing junk you sing. He said, till I hear your heart, I'm not listening. I feel crappy. Can't describe it. <laughs> like to slap most of the church on the face. But I'm quite willing. Do what you're saying and say I love you when I'd like to slap their face. And then I hear lots of laugh, 
laughter and lots of dancing around and all that kind of stuff. And in a few minutes, I start feeling God's heart for the church and I start weeping. And then I go, oh my God, you love these people. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Do you see what's going on in this thing? Because you don't love, I don't love. God loves through you. That's what's going on. And if you love the church, it's because he gave you love for the church. Come on, wake up. We don't like nothing. So... Not on our own. And if you think you can, go ahead. Love. Have a nice time trying. Pick somebody that's a real wart on your nose and then just pick that person and love them. Oh, God, nice. Good. You're doing great. You lie up a storm when you see them. Other than that, it looks like love from here. This has got to be something that stirs your blood that I won't let go of what God gave me to love with. That's what's going on. Am I making any sense out of this? You know, and I think he left me live long enough to become a prototype of something that's got to be seen on the earth. So Bob Jones has asked the question, did you learn to love yet? When he gets back to earth, he's all kind of messed up. And it's the only thing that kept him from dying of pain when he got back was intercession. When people would pray, he was like, ah, relief. When they stopped praying, he was right back in stunning pain. It did eventually subside. Bob continued to prophesy as he did all of his life, several words. I've gotten several words from Bob, which I've always enjoyed. They were blunt and to the point. And if they didn't slap you to attention, you weren't listening. And so what we've been trying to do is to make all these words, you're going to change the world. It's amazing to see how you're going to do that. But what we haven't done is mention why you're not changing it just yet. What has crippled you so early in your life that you can't fulfill your own timeline? Who knocked you off there? Who offended you so much that you couldn't recover? And how many times did you leave your post and watch friends get taken out because you are not where you belonged? Is that... Is it okay for you guys? And I have good reasons for saying all of this, and and most of it is. The Father is saving this part of the country because you're supposed to do something really special. Yeah, Yeah, you can lump that or you can like it. I don't care what you think. That's going to happen anyways, and he's going to be using you in a way you can't imagine as living examples of God's mercy on the planet, right there. And in this place, we'll begin something that will start from the prayers that are in the ground underneath your feet. There's been prayers that's been over in this land for a very, very long time. And when they start to connect with the prayers of the saints that are above us, connected to the prayers of the saints that are with us, the three, uh, the three change the planet. They change the atmosphere. This is what's coming is sons of God are beginning to get birthed through the prayers of the saints. And the sons of God are the seed of the harvest. That's just the Bible. Get your nose out of the harvest. It's none of your business. It belongs to the angels. Your business is the witness of Christ Jesus, the Lord of all. That's your gig. What do you do? I witness of what? The Lord of all. Jesus Christ. 
What did he do? Hmm. You got a minute? You see what's coming? Don't give your clever version of how you got saved. Give how you screwed everything up and he saved your life. I mean, that's what's really happened is I made a mess. He saved my life. Did I made another mess? He saved it again. You don't think he saved you this morning before you got here? Don't you realize how many times a day the Lord has to save our lives because of the blundering way we wander through here? There is something really happening in this area of the country because you're drunk with intelligence. Have a nice time with that. Um, and then you're drunk with humanism. Uh, yeah, I know. I hate that. And the humanism, this is the part I don't want to talk about, but this is the part. Humanism has risen up in the book of Revelation, and it is the first beast that's referred in Scripture. It came up out of the sea. The sea is humanity. Is the basic explanation of humanism. That means we are on a platform of this is fair, and that's that. And the number of the beast is our favorite 666. The number of man is six. So 666 means man, man, man. No God, man, man, man. That's what's in here, too. That's what's in this area. Uh, the definition of humanism means we're intrinsically good. That's a slip right there. Uh, and we can work out all problems, all issues without religion or without God because we're good. We're basically good. So Christianity comes from we're not basically good, but Christ is, and I believe in him, and I disappear in him, and therefore you don't notice I'm not good because you see Jesus instead of me. That's what this whole point of intercession is. It is a replacement of the consequences, if you can hear this, of what my whole life. What our lives would really merit is just like the prophecy said, a uh, big volcano, big tsunami, big blow up, big blow, and there's nobody here. Thank you. That's what we actually deserve. But what we get is life until Christ comes back. Okay. Uh, second beast, are you willing to hear this kind of stuff? Yeah. Are you freaking you out a little bit? If it's freaking you out, you know, just say, hey, I'm freaked. Nice talking with you. Um, some of the reasons we get freaked about stuff is because I don't want to see an unknown end. I want to know everything, and I want to have control of it. Is that correct? So what we're trying to do is, in truth, if you can hear this, is we want to be right. Anybody like to be wrong? Does anybody enjoy being wrong? It's my favorite thing, you know. What you say, Don? Oh, that's wrong. Oh, oh, thank you. I'm so glad you told me. And so we don't want to do that. I'd like to be right. So one day God said, who is this God of right you're serving? And why do you have to be right? I spent blood to make you righteous. See, this is a different thing, man. Don't worry about being right. Just embrace the fact that you've been made righteous by Christ. What a king so to do something like that. What a wonderful king. I would have thought, hmm, I'd have picked smarter people than us. But he's a gambling God, don't you think? You know what I mean? <laughs> Somebody wrote a book some time ago called The Prodigal God. 
I thought, what the heck does that mean? It turns out we, we've mistranslated prodigal to make it sound like a runaway kid. Prodigal means I've spent it all. That's what it means. It means to save you, he spent it all. To me, that merits massive obedience because that's too high of a price to spend to save our collective lives. He'd have done it for me alone. Absolutely, actually, no. He did it for all of us. Got to get over that it's for me alone business. It's not. Because he says, so love the world. That's the cosmos. That means he actually loves all the junk he made here too. He spent that on all this. I know that kind of takes us off the throne, but that's probably some place we do need to get off for a minute. You see, I th hopefully I'm hurting your feelings enough to fulfill Bob's word. But. So we got, a, we got the first piece and he's got blasphemies written across him. He's got uh, seven heads and ten horns and he's got one head that looks like it's dead. It's not actually dead. It's just complaining of being dead. So that's, we got to understand scripture, and I will, I'll be quick with you, but there's been changes made in scripture. Is everybody aware of that fact? Did you know that a lot of it was changed for the pressure of the day that we live in? Did you know that? So we altered it. Do you think the church has altered its principles to comply with the day we live in, the pressure of the day? We have done it terribly at this point. We've done a bad job. We, because we are all the church. This isn't just the church. It's a bigger thing, if you, if you know what I mean. And if we're included with all of it, there's some pretty funky stuff going on in several places, and we're included in it. If God drops in the parking lot and says, okay, all the churches that have obeyed me, please stand up. There won't be anybody standing up. How about all those who gave it a heck of a try? We probably will get a little bit more standing up there, but he's not looking for us to give it a heck of a try. He's looking for us to hear him, obey him. End of sentence. All right. So the, the first beast is about making things fair. Because we're unable to make things fair according to the concept of humanism. Is everybody aware of that right now? Because humanism... Um, is really seeking for everybody to be on what? A fair level. And when's the last time we were actually all on the same level? We're not, we just are not. It is not a crime to be um, on a higher level of something. I play the guitar. I play it. Because I played it a very, 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 very long time. Even an idiot would get good after this much time. Am I better than a whole bunch of, I'm better than a two week guitar player, yes. So does that make it a crime for that? It's not fair, ah, okay. I used to teach the school in Redding, uh, the worship school in Redding, California for seven years in fact, but um, the first time I went, the first year that I went, we had a class of guitar players. They got a kid over here who's played two weeks, and this guy over here has been playing for 10 years. Okay, let's find something they both can relate to. Hmm, ain't going to happen, is it? 
And so I got to have the two-week-old kid sitting there staring at what he couldn't possibly imagine, or I got to put the 10-year guy to sleep with what I'm trying to show the two-week kid. You get what I'm trying to get out? So don't think that, oh, because I can't play like the guy who's played 10 years, give it a chance. Play 10 years, and then we'll come back and argue about where you are. But that's, you you see what this is doing? We're starting to try to do this. So let's make it all fair. We're all in the same place. We're not in the same place. And if someone has progressed with God farther than you have, ask him a question for crying out loud. (laughs) How'd you get there? It was an accident, but I got there. You, you see what this is doing? It isn't supposed to be us and them. It's supposed to be, I need what I think you play. You know, I have people come up to me and say, teach me how to play like you do. Hmm, got 60 years that you'd like to spend playing the guitar. I love Bob Jones's answer one time asked, you know, I'd like to prophesy like you do. And he looked at me and said, you got 35 years, you want to be tested? <laughs> So you can see what this is doing. Check who's been tested. Check who has not been tested. Don't listen to untested BS, if you can handle that, uh, because that's being slung a good bit of that's really coming into the church. Another level of of the religious spirit is starting to attack the church, and it's coming through younger people. That's what hurts me so bad. It's beginning to attack the church again, and it's coming in the lines of legalism in a way we didn't expect it to. And it's falling on the ears of the Absalom spirit. They said, you know, I would have taken care of you a lot better than those buffoons who are leading the church. Man, I mean, you really want to hear something about the way scripture is supposed to be? You need to talk to me. And that accomplishes what? Are you catching me? Yeah. Hmm. No, I know it's I know it's offensive because there's people sitting in here this minute who thinks they should rule the house. And maybe you should. But you weren't told by God to do it. That's all. There's your problem right there. (laughs) But he did tell some people that they were supposed to do it. And if they're doing it, then all you're fighting is God. You're not fighting them. Are they qualified? Of course not. Who the heck is qualified to do this? Nobody is qualified for this. I know I'm making sense to you, but you're struggling with that idea. All right. Then the second beast, my fave, is the church comes from the land. Now, there's church and then there's structured church. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. Organized structure is different than church. The word church essentially is the ecclesia, or however you like to pronounce that, and it means called out. Called out from what? So what we've been doing is being called out from unbelief and into the faith of Christ Jesus. Jesus said this very fascinating thing. He goes into a village where he was kind of born or the area he came from, and he couldn't perform um, any miracles because of their unbelief. Isn't that just amazing? I mean, this guy can raise the dead. He can walk on water. I can do some pretty squirrely things, but he can't do anything because of unbelief. So that means my belief or my faith is what brings my healing, is that correct? 
You understand why the devil is pushing us through this? If I can get you caught up in religion, you will be an unbelief and a heartbeat because they are kin to one another. And what we do is set up another set of rules just to the right of the real rules, keeping your eye on the real rules in case they happen to fall into yours. And so you stay just to the right of the real rules. And I create a whole other thing called the force of humanism, that this is fair, that stuff is not fair. And then we make the rules of the church look like a bunch of stiff-necked, old religious people don't we? So we make a new church with young people and no old people. Thank you very much. That's what we got to have. Get those white heads out of here. And, which is a guarantee to absolute destruction. But a church of nothing but white heads is absolute destruction too. Because there isn't any purpose for what you've learned in your life. You have no place to give what you were given and what it costs you to live this life. You have no place to spend it. Tell the guy next to you, he did the same thing you did. He fell off the same road and you, and he dragged himself back up the hill like you did. Yeah, that was a heck of a drag. But when a kid falls, who's going to pick him back up? Because the point of being old is not to tell the world what to do. It's to know how to get back up when you fall. I can give you 50 ways to get back up when you train wreck. Not when you don't train wreck, but when you do train wreck. And that's Jesus saying to Peter, hey, Peter, Satan's just requested to sift you like wheat. <laughs> when you get back from your sifting, talk to your brothers. Tell them about what that felt like. Ooh, man, the scraping was awful, man. Hey, Yes, Jesus is not going to stop you from getting your hind end kicked. He is not going to stop that. He's going to turn you around and get your rear end exactly placed just right. And just say, kick right here. Uh, and that is what's coming. I know all of this doesn't feel like, oh, this isn't good. Well, guess what? It is. It is what he does. And that's the greatest thing that will ever happen to you in your life. A good swift boot in the backside by the king of the universe will put you on the right track. That's actually in the Bible. And he smote them on their hinder parts. You thought I was kidding, didn't you? <laughs> I will bust your chops all day long. There's a Bible. There's a scripture behind every stupid thing you hear me say. <laughs> And that's what makes this even more difficult. That's the scriptures. Hmm. Okay. Second beast. How long is this supposed to go? Golly, I bet I went too long, didn't I? Really? What's happening? Are you working on the time? Or is it supposed to stop at one? Is that right? No. Okay. It stops when it stops. Is that? <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll hurry up. I'll hurry up. I'll hurry up. Here we go. Um, what's, what's starting to happen and starting to come to us all, and I'm kind of trying to make this easy because you guys have a special opportunity and you have a special call from God. Um, I'd like to say, oh, you're not special. You are. So get over the us and them problem, okay? Just get the heck over that. But don't puff up like a big balloon just because God's called you to do something special. Actually, it should humble you in truth. 
That should break you, not puff you up. So second beast is the church, the structure of the church. And it's got small lamb's horns. That means little power, small power. And that is the church that yields to the first beast and creates worship for the first beast. The dragon is just watching the whole thing. See, God, they're a bunch of jerks. Look how they're acting. Just like I accuse them of. I hate accusation, but I refuse to be accused of not being a lover of Christ. I'll fight you for that one. You know what I mean? Because that's not true. It's not true, and it's not real. It's not real anywhere, but he can make it look like that. And so what happens to the first beast, that head that appeared to be dead, which is not. And by the way, they're not wearing ten crowns like the scriptures say. The actual translation is diadems. That's little rags you wrap around your horns so no one sees that you're evil. And the, the diadems represent deity. Not deity, uh, dignitaries, sorry. Uh, and so it is like if you see the president show up and he's wearing a, uh, you know, a casual jacket, but he'll still have the emblem of the United States on it. You know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? And that doesn't mean that doesn't make him the president, but it makes you see that this must be an important person. That's a, you know, that's an official downtown jacket, so to speak. So at the, these diadems mean they're giving the appearance of having authority they do not actually have. Are you hearing this? And the head that's laying there, they said dead, is not actually dead. The real translation is moaning from pain. So what's happening is the head that's laying there is complaining. Sound like the church. So it's laying there sort of complaining, and then it gets resurrected, meaning he stopped complaining. And we all go, oh, God, a miracle. It wasn't a miracle. It's the deception that is falling on the church. There's a deception that makes us feel this is a miracle. And just so you can, I don't know, you can get over this after a while, but if we're following miracle working or we're following miracles and not the Holy Spirit, you will be led right into the darkness. If you're following the Holy Spirit, you cannot be led into the darkness. Simple. But if you focus on, you know, let's chase a miracle ministry I love it. I think it's great. I have many stories about miracles that I will never deny that happened. And they were there. That happened. It did happen. It is impossible to happen any other way, but it did happen. I've seen it, and it's been healings, and it's been stuff like that. Okay, that's great. Why? Because I asked God, can I have a miracle that I would argue someone to the ground saying, I've seen God perform a miracle right in front of my little eyes? And I have. And so, great. So what does that mean? That means I believe in miracles. That doesn't mean I follow miracle-working ministries. It means I follow the Christ of that miracle. You see what I mean? And because there's nothing wrong with that ministry. It's great. Applaud that every minute. But somewhere along the line, the enemy is going to take hold of that miracle concept and create a deception, that, and we're just going to walk right into it. And we'll fool even the elect if that were possible. Scripture. Okay. 
Second Beast, bad guy. Um, it's that structure of the church that has decided it's smarter to come alongside of the first beast rather than to fight this. If it means the destruction of the church, do you understand what's happening as God is building his own church? Yes. Yeah. You, you figured that out probably by now. Um, the one that's here, um, the church that we have known, the pale horse has ridden through and is spreading death. That's a long story. I won't bother you with all of that. So there's a time when it says that the first or the second beast creates a miracle, calls fire down from heaven. That is based on the concept that the church has done that at some other point. And because the timeline in the scriptures are deliberately to confuse us because we're not supposed to know any of the stuff we're talking about this minute. I ask God, why are you telling us this now? And he's saying, because now it's important. Okay? Probably need to let you guys up, don't I? Um, are you okay? that wrong Your spirit has prevailed through all this time Beautiful mountains Crystal clear streams People with strong sense of mind Surviving all the temperature changes Can't even pump your own gas But a people who live in strong independence Now Christ depend on the power of the kingdom that is coming yes it's coming if you listen close at night you'll hear those angels shouting and the stars that are so clear in these nights One of them is still screaming, Jesus Christ, 
will be a beautiful sacrifice as we call our spirits to the front and we call our souls to take a back seat to that and we demand our flesh become the servant it was meant to be and we say Jesus come prediction of doom to the light that shines from certain death to certain life you've been through some changes more than you really know things upon you. May the rest of this day become the rest of your life. And may the things that are happening to you even today, even if you're offended, praise God. Start asking him what does he mean by that? What does he mean? Not what do I mean. What does he mean by that? Don't stop digging until the truth is so welded in you you cannot not speak it and wait for Jesus Christ to show himself the Bible says we'll see him before he comes in the clouds that means we'll see him in us I like that part blessings on you Jesus name Thanks for listening to the Collective Church podcast. To find out more, visit thecollectivechurch.com.